Hello, I'm Molly Cooper and this is a Snapshot episode where we bring you inside scoops from the travel, design and creative spheres. It's the same Creator Spaces content, now in Coffee Break Conversations. On today's Snapshot, we're chatting all about sustainable hotel design and I'm delighted to welcome two brilliant British brands who've been leading the charge since day one. I'm incredibly excited to welcome Charlie North, Global VP of Design at Ennismore, whose portfolio includes the much-loved Hoxton Hotel Group, and Mark Tremlett, the founder of Natural Mat, who has been pioneering organic mattresses since 1999. Charlie, Mark, welcome to Creative Spaces. How are you both doing today? Thanks, doing Molly. good. Very good to be here. Yeah, we are here in Shepherd's Bush in the heart of London. Is this the newest London, Hoxton? This is the newest London, Hoxton, yeah. yeah. It opened uh, just over a year ago. I think that was actually the first birthday party last week. Really? Oh, well, congratulations for that. Mm. And it's really bustling here. We're here in a gorgeous meeting room. And I'm very excited to get into the whole sphere of sustainable design with you both. Um, but before we do, maybe we should start with some quick introductions, people listening in. Would you like to both introduce yourselves and how you've ended up here at Ennismore and Natural Mat? Yeah, I, um, I've been an interior designer for um, well, a long time now, since university. Uh, I've been with Ennismore for eight years. So I started my career in other um, leading commercial design, interior design studios in London, um, which I did for probably about 10 years before I joined Ennismore. Uh, and since then, I've been involved in the Hoxton growth from the third hotel to now we've got 14 operating hotels and many more in the pipeline. Busy, huh? Haven't stopped. And how about you, Mark? Um, well, I've been, yes, I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't start life as a mattress maker. But um, so my sort of original day job, I was a chocolate taster for Thornton's actually originally really? back in the day. But my father was a boat designer and builder and I saw people buying very expensive boats, but sleeping on a very poor quality mattress. So that was my kind of introduction. That was sort of the kind of, I suppose, the light bulb moment. Sort of, hang on, why would you spend so much money on a, on a boat but sleep on a poor quality mattress? And so that's how the business started by making designing and making mattresses for yachts and motorboats using organic and natural fibers and when we started we took the we, we decided that we'd only use materials from a sustainable and renewable source and our, everything had to be either recyclable or biodegradable so that's just how we sort of set out our, our stall in the day and then it morphed in from doing boats um the first child came along then we did nursery then we did hotels, which is where we came into contact mm-hmm. with um, Hoxton. And now we do what, something called bedroom, which is basically making mattresses for um, the likes of, you know, uh, anyone in the high street who, yeah. yes, exactly, who wants a good night's sleep in a lovely natural in, uh, environment. Oh my gosh, how brilliant. Such an evolution there from boats to bedrooms. I love it. Not, yeah. not the most uh, conventional route, no, but I'm here for no, it. No, no, there was no strategy involved. No, I love that. Okay, well, let's get into it then. because it feels like you touched on it just then, using organic natural natural materials but this was you know back in 1999 feels almost a bit ahead of this huge sustainable movement we're seeing at the moment a real focus on materials longevity and all that I know this has also been quite integral to the Hoxton and Ennismore and your design studio there so we'd love to hear a bit about the evolution of sustainable hotel design for your experience Charlie. Yeah, I mean the Hoxton brand has has evolved so much, and I, when 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 we started um, over ten years ago, it was always about having a, a sort of no rip off policy. So it was about going back to basics and focusing on the things that you like about hotels, and trying to avoid all of the things that pissed you off about hotels. And it goes from everything from not having a mini bar in your room, but you can buy like snacks and drinks and crisps at the reception at, at local supermarket prices. Uh, and it goes just to having simple things, good quality things in the guest room. So the, the, the mattress was obviously one of the first things that we were looking at. 
um, we're in the business of selling sleep. So uh, obviously we wanted the best of the best. And that's where we sort of started the, the journey with Natural Mat and with Mark. That's brilliant. So tell us a bit about Natural Mat then. I know we kind of spoke about it just then, this focus on natural materials since day one. Um, but how did this partnership with the Hoxons would have come about and did that influence your evolution, as we said earlier, through these different chapters? Well, I, I, it did in a way, yes. I mean, um, when, when we start, when, you know, when we started, we, we were, you know, we were, make, we were making for the marine industry and then we, then my, my first child came out and then we started making for the nursery. And basically we were a nursery business really for the, more or less for the first 10 years of our existence. And, and yes, you know, when we started, you know, we, we were quite different because we were sort of talking about the benefits of natural fibers and organic fibers and what they can you know and and, and the benefits that they have in terms of um they do two sort of main things um compared to synthetics synthetics is the alternative in if you're making beds and mattresses and and, and if you think about general upholstery sort of um uh, within the household um synthetics absorb heat and they absorb moisture which are the two things you're always trying to get rid of in any kind of sleeping environment and that's why we use natural fibers, because natural fibers inherently get rid of heat and get rid of moisture, and therefore they keep the body nice and cool and comfortable. And so that's sort of the guiding principle behind, and that's what natural fibers do. But people, you know, people were, it's, we're a very small business, and trying to change sort of an audience with very small means is very hard. Um, and so actually what has happened over the time is the audience has changed mm-hmm. in the last 20 years. We're now, it's a very different kind of environment um, that we live in to, you know, to, you know, to the year 2000. But so we sort of, we did sort of fall into hotels. So we started making for a, um, for a small, for actually for, uh, my first contact was with um, uh, Simon Woodruff, the guy who set up Yo Sushi. And he lived on a boat actually, and he lived next to a friend of mine. Uh, on uh, down at, um, at Lots Road, and that's what sort of got us into making mattresses for hotels, and um, uh, and then around about so, but his first hotels they weren't very big projects, and then but come about 2012, just sort of roughly the time that sort of Hoxton was starting, we realised actually that you know the world was moving in a very kind of green kind of direction yeah. and 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 we had ex- exposure already to the hospitality industry so we thought ah right so this is you know you know mm-hmm. so we we did take a sort of decision right now we need to try start directing ourselves to hotels and in those early days you know people were like had a little postcard in the in the bathroom saying if you if you care about the environment you know hang up your towel yeah. and um and if you if you, if you want it washed yes okay we'll drop mm-hmm. it on the floor and then we'll launder it for you but you know that's you know that's the kind of thing that's happening in sort of 2011 2012 it really was sort of a very different kind of space to where we are now but we had this um we had a meeting with a chap called Stephen Lloyd who was sort of one of the original kind of um f- sort of founding guys behind Hoxton and worked with the early founders and um, uh, and he sort of very much believed in in what we were doing, and um, he was one one of the guys who set out sort of the guiding sort of some of the guiding principles behind what Hoxton is, and that's what got us into Hoxton. So I think you are sort of our sort of first sort of uh, I would say big yeah. sort of big I suppose sort of corporate mm-hmm. hotel customer. And, uh, and I history. think yeah, so I think we started in 2013. I think with um, with Hoxton. I think so the first one we did. The first one we did all of them. I think was Hoban. Wow, yeah. amazing! And it's so interesting. You said something you said there about the whole, you know, 
little postcards. I remember them and it used to be, you know, put your towels in the bath if you want new ones or, you know. And it, looking back, it was it was the first step. Of, you then saw the little plastic bottles disappear mm. and you have now all hotels for like the big shampoo yeah. things. Charlie, from your experience, like how have you seen these things evolve? And a bit like how, Mark, you start with the materials. What's your starting point when it comes to designing sustainably and with sort of eco... Well, we have, I mean, the Hoxton has four main objectives, um, which is key focus points for mm. our evolution, because obviously we started small and now we have a, a much bigger global presence um, and we have the opportunity to impact um, the environment. And so the four main objectives are removing all single use plastics from our hotels by 2025. Uh, we've already made really good progress in that. Um, all hotels will be green key certified by 2026. Um, which is a sort of hospitality-focused certification mm-hmm. um, of environmentally good practice. Um, I think Paris, Rome, and Amsterdam, we've already secured that certification. Amazing. And the objective is to do that across all of our hotels. Uh, reduce food waste by 60% um, by 2030, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, it's actually a really a big, a big key focus area is food waste, um, I think, for lots of different reasons. And then net zero carbon emissions by 2050, which is obviously a, a massive goal. Yeah. Um, much longer term, much um, bigger objective, but it's on the list of things we focus on. And then with the other thing with the Hoxton is that we have, part of my role is to run an in-house design studio. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that for six or seven years now. And we realized quite early on the power that we have to work with suppliers and manufacturers like Mark, um, who can believe in, in, in good practice as well. And so we really, we work hard with our suppliers and we've created like a questionnaire that we will give to our suppliers to, to sort of quiz them and test them on, on their sustainable creds, mm-hmm. um, which is really important to us. And we will obviously, we'll, we'll always give preference to the suppliers that can support us in that journey. Um, and also just by us asking them the question, I think it makes them think about what they're doing. So mm-hmm. we have, we see that we have great um, opportunity and power to a certain extent to help sort of steer that journey with with the manufacturers we work with definitely and i think the thing about hotels is it's not just a restaurant it's not just this it's you know you have bedrooms you have food you have co-working now you have all events travel and you go into each of those buckets and you can break out into thousands of different buckets you know from the single-use plastics to the food waste to this to the mattresses and then you go into the mattress making and again you can break that out into all these different categories of how you how you build the mattresses how you transport them and what happens at the end of their life and i know that you have got a whole life cycle plan around your products and would love to hear a bit about that Yes, I mean, in the same way, you know, we have our, so we've got sort of five sustainability sort of pillars. We did a sort of review about about two and a half years ago, probably. And, um, you know, we, we knew that we were, we'd always been at sort of the hour ahead of making the most sort of green and sustainable product. But there's a sort of raft of other things you can do to be a sort of really sustainable business. Um, and sort of trying to make everything a lot more circular is sort of one of the, is one of our sort of one of our goals. Mm-hmm. Um, not only from a manufacturing, not just from a manufacturing kind of perspective, and sort of uh, reducing waste and reducing plastic. Again, we have similar goals to Charlie uh, in that respect. Um, but we sort of we we look at the mattress and we look and we now we have this we've um, developed this program called Mattress for Life. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly kind of about six and a half million mattresses a year go into landfill in the UK alone. So it's pretty terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are going to put a mattress in the ground, you know, you've got to 
big, quite a big hole because yeah. they're not small. So just in terms of sort of you know in terms of carbon taken and energy and space, it's a pretty it's a pretty terrifying statistic really when you think about it. So and in a way we we sort of actually we're sort of we're slightly and there's an element here is Back to the Future because mm. so some really you know I've got some really old kind of granny mattresses in in my house because I'm a sort of mattress nerd um, and um, and they were made by heels and what you used to do is because the value of the fibres w- w- was really high mm-hmm. and so you wouldn't throw it away because you're throwing away money yeah. so you would send the mattress back to heels and they'd be restuffed. And so they'd re-put horsehair in it and then you have another label that goes on it with the date. And the last data we've got on these particular mattresses, the last time they were stuffed was 1938. Wow. So anyway, it's a bit of sort of mattress memorabilia that I keep no, in my brilliant. house. It sounds extraordinary, but anyway, I'm, probably people won't want to come to my house in order to sleep on a 1938 <laughs> they'll mattress. They'll check into the Hoxton. And they'll inside. check into the Hoxton. Sadly, I live in Devon. There's not one on the horizon for Devon, I don't think, at the moment. But... Um, but so it's sort of slightly back to the future. And so what we say, so there's you've got three um, options. So you've got um, refurb. So you can send your old mattress back to us. Um, we pull it to pieces. Um, we change the cover. We audit all the materials that are inside it. Um, and then we change those materials that need changing. And then it goes back to the customer. Mm-hmm. So the customer gets his old mattress back for a fraction of what it would cost for a new one. Number two is I don't want my mattress back. So it goes off to be recycled. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, all of the elements that go into the mattress can be uh, disassembled and they go into their separate recycling streams. And then you get a credit for the value of the materials that you've recovered. And that goes towards your new mattress. Um, uh, and the third thing is is um, is donate. Uh, so you said, no, I don't want my mattress back. I want it to go... Uh, sleep poverty is a huge issue in our society. Um, there are thousands and thousands of people that don't have any mattress at all or bed. Um, and so one of our aims is to try and sort of help alleviate that as much as we can. And one of our goals is to try and dedicate sort of 5% of our, uh, of our production capacity um, to, to aiding sleep, sleep poverty um, by 2026. Um, so we have found a man in, uh, called Arthur in Liverpool, and he's invented the world's first mattress washing machine. So mattress comes back to us. We do a triage to make sure that you know everything's in the right place. And then it goes off to um, this this uh, Arthur in Liverpool, and it has a sort of three different chambers in this mattress washing machine: uh, one's steam, one's ozone, and one's UV. And it comes out of it with a bill of health the same as it, apparently the same as you'll have in a operating theatre. And then it goes into sleep, um, oh, sleep and furniture poverty charities in in Liverpool, Oldham, and Manchester. So it goes to people who don't have any mattresses at all. Yeah. So um, so that's what can that's what can happen now oh, to a natural that. mattress. So basically, we're trying to avoid anything going to landfill mm-hmm. and provide sort of you know good yeah. out of you know what we're doing. I think that's so amazing that not only is it sustainable, but it's doing its bit for society as well and giving mm. back on a social level. I think that's so important. And I think you were saying that some of the Hoxton's mattresses have gone through that process. Yes, they have. Yes, yes, yes. I think some from Hoban, so the very first ones. I think they lasted. I think eight or nine years, and then I think we've we've changed probably. I think I think we've only done like sort of fifteen to twenty. I think, and we did that maybe sort of a year mm. or so ago. Um, and they went off to be uh, they all went off to be recycled. Oh, love yeah. it! And how about you, Charlie? Because I know that the Hoxton also runs quite a few initiatives similar to the mattress recycling, just trying to do a bit of good for the world and for the communities that the hotels are in. Yeah, the Hoxton's overarching statement is a good neighbour with an open house. And that sort of reflects how we want to interact with the local community Mm -hmm. Um, and also, yeah, in terms of 
looking after the local community, making sure that they're welcome. Everyone's welcome in the Hoxton lobby. You'll see people sat there all day on their laptops, but we embrace that and we really want people mm-hmm. to be there and to experience our spaces. Yeah. Um, and we have this part of this sort of good neighbor, um, that sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Initiative um, is one thing we have the good rate. So you get 20 pounds, dollars or euros off your night stay if you arrive by train instead mm-hmm. of aeroplane, for example, which is something that we launched quite recently. Um, we've also done, um, well, all of our hotels have, uh, they have a, a charitable element and they're always targeted at homelessness. So mm-hmm. similar to what Mark was saying, we're sort of, we're, we're talking about the same things and we have a stay for a stay initiative. So in the winter months, um, if you book directly through the Hoxton website, then you, for every, every night stay that is booked, we will donate a, a night in a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, for one of our for our local part, uh, charity, basically. So every Hoxton has a local homelessness charity that we mm-hmm. partner with. In London, it's Shelter from the Storm. I love that. And I think you're so right that, ho- that hotels can play such a big role in shaping and leading on things like sustainability, but also on social causes and really being more than just a place for people to stay, but part of the community, being a good neighbour, like you say, which I really like. And I'd love to finish with a little sort of, if anyone's listening and they're really interested in this topic, or they just want to sort of look at their own sustainability habits, or maybe they're opening a hotel, do you have any like hands-on advice or maybe tips or good resources that people could go and look at and explore to start their own sort of sustainable journey, whether that's commercially or just residentially in their homes? I mean, for us, from a design perspective, the easiest and most exciting place to start is with vintage furniture. Mm -hmm. And you'll see this a lot in the Hoxton, that um, a good sort of 40% of the furniture in the public spaces will be vintage, be it light fittings or tables or even chairs and and upholstered items. So I think that's a really lovely place for people to start in in a less commercial sense and just in a residential setting. Mm -hmm. Um, Get a, a much more sort of eclectic look to your home and avoid potentially purchasing from mass produce in other parts of the world that has to be shipped and there's all sorts of problems then with the manufacturing process and the shipping journey and, mm. and the packaging yeah. if you can buy locally vintage items mm. where they don't have to be shipped across the world to get to you then i think it's just an amazing opportunity and it just adds some yeah. character to your home and a bit of fun go treasure hunting yeah, do exactly. you have any favorite spots to go vintage sourcing we have a few yeah there's like there's some amazing markets around london but also just I live I live in East London, so there's plenty of um, small shops that mm-hmm. I would I would go to on a regular basis. My wife gets very annoyed. With me. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> another Venetian dresser that was essential, <laughs> darling. Yeah. No space for it. But. I love it. And how about you, Marg? Um, I think it, when it comes to sort of furniture, it's probably just do your research a little bit, mm. really. Um, I mean, everybody is the choice is wide now. Um, but also, it should be quite easy to find out what goes in to what you're considering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the more transparent the offer is, then the more likely it is to have good providence. Mm-hmm. And so just, I suppose, it's really, it comes down to, and I think that, you know, the market is getting more and more educated yep. and more and more cultured in, in, towards sort of sustainable and environmental issues. Mm-hmm. And, if and they are becoming a more important aspect within that buying decision. And then just, you know, just use that criteria and just quiz and yeah. just find out where, you know, what what does go into it, you know, mm-hmm. where's it from, you know, what happens to it afterwards, you know, and think about what benefit will it give to me? Because, you know, sleeping in a healthy, sleep is now a really big part of um, sort of wellness, is, mm. you know, it didn't used to be just what you ate and 
and, and, and how you exercise, but now it's how you sleep too. So, you know, that it, everything that goes in might have a bearing on how you sleep. So, so think about those sort of elements and just sort of do your research and ask the questions, really. That's, that's from my side, I think that's the fundamental thing. Mm-hmm. And are there any specific materials you should be watching out for and give a wide berth? Or? Well, it, it is always horses for courses and there's price points. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you want, um, natural fibres will be more expensive mm-hmm. because just intrinsically, it, it, if, if you're looking at a mattress, if all it's got in it is a spring and then a layer of polyurethane and some polyester over the top, it shouldn't be very expensive. Mm-hmm. But if it's got lots of lovely layers of, of horsehair and wool and cotton, mm-hmm. all those kind of things, then um, those are materials that will be um, long-lasting. They will be comfortable. Um, uh, but they will be well, they will make it more expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I love it. Do your research and dive into a vintage fair near you. It's been such a pleasure having you both on the podcast. Before we do go, I do have a closing tradition of a quick fire round. Um, this week's are all design and sleep related. So let's kick off with what is your one top tip for a good night's sleep? Ooh, um, early night and herbal tea. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Any favourite flavours? Ooh, um, I do quite like pucker. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong. They're quite good. Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, um, nighttime pucker with some honey. It's very good. Um, even better is we do have some verven at home. Mm. So just home, you know, just dried verven. Again, with a dash of honey. Very nice. Very French. Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> How about <Mais> oui. <laughs> Um, do you know, I actually just bought a scented candle last weekend, which is supposed to help with sleep. Ah. I think I'm a massive fan of dim, dim lights and good aroma. And uh, also ahead of a spray, which is um, a lavender spray. Mm. It's got on your pillows, which uh, definitely, I, def- I feel like I've noticed a difference. Yeah. Helps me drift off. Well, take that if it's helping, it's working. <laughs> He's looking very healthy. You are. <laughs> it's a shame we're not recording this. <laughs> and in terms of sleeping, are you happier when it's a hot night or a cold night? For me, cold. Yeah. I, I actually sleep with the, the balcony door open every night, yeah. um, even throughout the winter, mm-hmm. just to get some fresh air. And I, I, love, it. I love sleeping in the cold. And then you can be nice and cosy under yeah. your duvet. Likewise, cold. Got, you, to, be, got to be cold. Got to be cold. No, I'm I'm not a fan of very hot places. Um, uh, so yeah, it's yeah. The worst keep, thing about keep it summer. cool. Keep a breeze. Um, yeah, love I think that. that's definitely the, the for me. That's the way forward. Mm-hmm. Love it. And when it comes to designing a calm, relaxing bedroom, what are your top tips? Um, I think I could come back to lighting every time. To be honest, mm. I think for me, it's about creating an atmosphere where you can feel cozy and and peaceful mm-hmm. um it could be candles it could be uh dim lights also the color temperature of your lights to make sure it's nice and warm and mm-hmm. avoid sort of cold fluorescent lights um for me that is the top tip and color scheme will also uh, impact that and the paints that you use on your wall mm-hmm. um i mean it's quite interesting it might be interesting to touch on a conversation that mark and i had with bronwyn who is the founder of Bowwork Paints, um, a few weeks ago. And it's really, she has so much incredible insight into the quality of the paint that you use in your rooms and the the unknown effects of of some more traditional paints and the chemicals that are used in paint manufacture. So Bowwork Paints are very, they're all natural materials. Mm -hmm. And we had a really interesting conversation with her about um, 
the, the sort of psychological effects and potentially the physical effects on your body of, wow. of sleeping around these natural materials. That's amazing. I love that work. Great finish. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Mark? I was going to talk about paint too, I oh. must say. Yes, um, it is very important. Um, but yes, uh, keeping it calm um, and it just soft lighting, mm-hmm. cozies, something that Charlie mentioned. I think that's really important that you feel that you feel slightly cocooned um uh, when you when you go into your room um and from a bed perspective um choose the biggest bed you can fit in your room it's always you know it is good to have you know people need their own space within their bed and so try and have the biggest bed that you can fit within your room and that will help give you a sort of uh you know, what you want is sort of an untroubled night mm-hmm. and you've got a better chance of doing that if you if you have got more space around you get that super king yeah Mm. i would also say you spend at least a third of your life in bed so invest in it and you know i actually invested in some really good quality pillows recently Mm. and they're oversized pillows for the size of my bed but they're just incredibly comfortable Mm. and i really think it's a worthwhile investment because you spend so much of your time asleep yeah it's quite scary when you put it like that isn't it (laughs) yeah consider this your message to go and buy a mattress and some nice pillows immediately Yes. Think about what you spend on coffee every day and then you multiply that by a couple of years and then think, oh, okay, that's a big number. You know, you could probably buy a very expensive mattress for what you spend on coffee over 18 months. (laughs) That's actually So so think about your priorities a little bit. Yes. (laughs) Prioritise right, people. And finally, is there an influential person or thing or moment in your past that sort of led you along this sustainability or design journey for each of you? Design journey, I mean, you know, um we obviously we now sort of you know i can't say i've designed the mattress because that would be a very easy task because they're all just rectangular um but we do get involved in design for all our headboards and all our on our bed bases and we have quite a wide range of that now so we've always been involved in sort of the design of the of the mm-hmm. bed element and it is you know it's a, it's an area which i sort of really enjoy but I suppose the people that I've always really um, admired are people like Eames, um, um, Frank Lloyd Wright um, from an architecture, Le Corbusier, Le Corbusier um, people who had sort of very sort of simple um, and sort of um, very simple and very clean designs, really. Um, so, yes, so those are sort of some people that I've always admired very good choices how about you Charlie that you might have a few to pull from (laughs) for me I think aesthetically from a design perspective I'm really drawn to um, the works of Axel Vervoort and Mm. Vincent van Dyssen so very paired back and uh, really relying on the finishes to do the talking Um, I love that it's slightly more minimal approach um, inspired by sort of Belgian design Um, I'd also say I'm just inspired by hospitality, to be honest. Not not any specific designer, but just by hotels. Yeah. And I, we spend a lot of our time, my wife and I, researching hotels and mm-hmm. and staying in hotels as much as possible because I just think it's a really amazing industry that we're in. Um, and I, I take inspiration from everywhere that I go. Yeah, I love that. And what a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on today. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much for listening to this Curator Spaces episode. And if you've enjoyed listening, please do hit that follow or subscribe button. It helps so much with finding new brilliant partners who keep the podcast going. 
so that we can keep sharing the stories behind all of these amazing spaces. And if you are looking for more content, you can find links in the show notes to both our Instagram and Substack, or you can subscribe for our weekly roundup of slow travel and under the radar finds. But I'll catch you next time for more curated spaces. Thank you.